are now listening to United 96 Podcast on the RFK Refugees Podcast Network. Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, to the Factory of Sadness <laughs> edition of the United 96 here on the RFK Refugees Podcast. Uh, rough week, rough week all around. We'll get into it. But first, John, before we get into it, my friend, how was your weekend? I'm I, hope it, I, hope it, I hope it was good other than the soccer. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, so I've been gone for a while. Thank you to you and Brian for carrying the load for me for a couple of weeks. It's been either softball or sickness or whatever it's been. And I'm still not right, but uh, I'm back. And I had such great soccer to watch this weekend that I was, you know, everything feels great. Everything feels good. The vibes are good. The fans are happy, and uh, the results are there. So we're gonna have a great show. Yeah, right we there. are gonna. Uh, yeah, hope. hope. <laughs> How was your weekend? Um, soccer wise, it was it was uh, it was pretty bad. Um, did have a I did go to uh, Charlottesville. Apparently, has a very vibrant um, uh, Liverpool FC supporters like culture. Uh, so went to a, a bar, a, a brewery, Random Road Brewing, with my uh, my parents. They wanted to see me. I said, "Well, let's go. We'll watch, let's go to a fun place and watch." Um, they have a, uh, they have an own like Liverpool ale called a, and I always forget how to say this correctly. It's like Scooser Red or something Scouser. like that. Scouser. There we go. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Obviously, I can never figure out how to say that correctly. Um, so they have a Scouser Red ale at the place that was pretty, pretty delicious. Had a couple of those, watched the Champions League final, which did not go well. No. Um, it was sort of compounded again by the fact that DC United lost. Uh, the Richmond Kickers lost. Uh, the Spirit suffered a very, very disheartening and disappointing due to draw a game that kind of left you just saying, what the heck was that? We'll talk about that if you're listening on a live show here probably in the next 30 minutes. So. Yeah, and one not to forget, uh, Loudoun United gave up a one nothing lead in extra time to a goalkeeper goal off a corner. <laughs> so just if you thought it couldn't get any worse for the, for the teams that we cover, uh, it, it could have. It did. It got worse. Did the Maryland Bobcats do well? Do they at least do well? Do, Good do question. We have, Let uh, us know in the chat. Any, any of you guys? <laughs> do, do, do we have Angus? Do we have Don on the on the on the chat here? Can they tell us how they did? <laughs> and I even went to a Commonwealth Cardinals FC game. That's a USL League Two for those falling home. Nice. And, uh, I left early because my child is not quite ninety minutes fit for watching sports yet, and they were down four nothing in the sixtieth minute. Oof. So that so really no team that I have any intention to follow. Kingsbridge, uh, I believe, is the name of the team that came. They played yeah. down and they played their home games in Christopher Newport. Uh, they look, they got some big boys. They were they were real soccer players. Commonwealth was was a struggle, but <laughs> that's all the US, USL League Two talk that I can that I can stand. Yeah, and I and I uh, I still think you made the better call. Uh, I think I, I did think too. You, made, you think you made the better call? Um, I uh, I went to a uh, I, I was planning on going to a Lynchburg FC game, which play in the USPSL on Friday. Uh, but there were some storms there. We had a tornado warning in Lynchburg, uh, so I did not make it out to that, unfortunately. Um, so, but I, I think they have one more game. I think we're going to at least maybe try to make it out to. We'll see how it goes. Um, let's, uh, but let's, let's get right get into, into it. it. <laughs> let's get into it. Let's unpack this uh, decaying corpse that is DC United's 2022 season. Mm-hmm. Vastly decaying corpse of DC United's 2022 season. DC United um, decided to play played more starters than the last time they lost three nothing to the Red Bulls at home in the Open Cup, uh, but still lost. Uh, still lost. Even I think even by with the same yeah, goal go, margin. Uh, same goal margin, but I, I think the the loss was a little bit worse. Um, four four to one. A di- dour. First half, 
to say the least. Not a whole lot of action. These United actually being pretty effective, I think, at keeping them off the scoreboard. Um, and then they give up a goal early. Uh, and then they give up two really nice goals. But, I mean, the the, the point still stands. Um, zero things are bad on, right now. Zero shots on goal for that first half, by the way. Yep. And I believe also somewhat into the second half. Uh, that, was, mm-hmm. that was the story. Hard to score when you don't shoot. Uh, hard to keep goals out when you can't clear the ball outside of your own 18. Let's it, talk about the goals that occurred. Two of them... Yeah. Two of them were, well, let's just talk through them. Uh, first goal, Bill Hamid pushes a save right in the middle of the box. Uh, is that the first goal or is it the second goal? That's the first goal, yep. That's the. <laughs> so for the second time in two weeks, Bill Hamid deflects a ball shot at him from, you know, not super close range right into the middle of the 18. Uh, and, and unfortunately, they uh, the Red Bulls pounced <laughs> and were able to very quickly score. A, a volley goal, uh, one to nothing. That was the. Try to, I got to get the minutes here. I don't have it in front of me. It was the early part of the second half. So let's 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 get that in front of me. Bob. It was the fifty fourth minute. Fifty fourth yeah, minute. Thank you. Yeah. So, uh, Lucinius was the uh, was the guy that I didn't know they had. Uh, uh, that was uh, Lucinius scored two goals. So he also scored. So that's so uh, we got to halftime. We sucked. Fifty four minutes. Lucinius scores the goal we just described. Uh, a substitution that some people were upset about that uh, Tony Alfaro came on for Donovan Pines, who was not injured and doing fine to, to, to people who watched it. Would that be your, did you, did you have any thoughts about that sub when that happened or was it just like, whatever? It was honestly at that. It's, it, it's whatever. Yeah. I mean, honestly, like, I, I just, th- this team all around is poor defensively. Yes. I guess Donovan Pines has been good um, to say that. I think he's certainly producing himself a, a more solid defensive player. But the defense as a whole is still bad. Yeah. I, I at this point I don't know what I don't know what sort of disadvantage you have. Afaro is not a great player, and hopefully this is his last season. Uh, but at this point, I'm like, I mean, the game was pretty much. I think when the sub came in, the game was pretty much there and gone, or at least it was two nothing. I mean, this it, the the biggest problem. <laughs> I mean, we talked about last week how we kind of felt like well the team offensively seems to have it together. That seems to very much only be when Taxi Funtas is out on the field. If Taxi mm. Funtas is out there, things are very things. The team is at least dangerous. Taxi Funtas isn't there. This team is lost and literally has no idea what they're doing. Um, He is. If this team even makes the playoffs, they need uh, Taxi Funtas not to miss a single game this season. And Uh, and to to clone him and to find two more exact (laughs) replicas that they can put in the starting lineup. Ola Kamara also comes on there at 58 minutes for for Nigel Bertha, my uh, player that I most want to uh, see go play sports somewhere else. Oh, Kamara, I, I I got a tweet here. I want to make sure I, I find it from uh, from Jason Anderson about Ola Kamara uh, and his effectiveness uh, compared to every other player on DC United and also over the over, almost over the course of his career. Uh, I'll find it. I'll find it when we get to the goal. But Ola Kamara comes in in the 60th minute, uh, and then uh, immediately we see a second goal. Lukinius' second goal. Uh, help me, help me out on that one. <laughs> so that one was not Bill Hamid's fault. Yeah. I mean, so that's, I mean, that's just, I mean, again, it's off, a, I believe it's off a set piece. If you're talking about the second goal, mm-hmm. um, that, that, uh, that score, that's, you know, that's not, that's not, off, it's not off a set piece, uh, but it is a ball over the top. Um, it's, I, both, both the second and third goals are just, I, I don't, I don't know how mad I can be, I guess. Morgan's, at, Lewis Morgan's goal was unsavable, I think. Yeah. For the most part. That was, that was, that was, I mean, no pressure outside the 18. And, and also after that, if you're watching the game, 
Red Bulls players are shooting from 20, 25. They're like, this guy sucks. We're just going to, we're just going to boot it. <laughs> we don't care about nothing anymore. Uh, but the Lewis, the Lewis Morgan goal was, was uh, probably their yeah. goal of the week. I would imagine. It, but you know, and that's, and that sort of undersells the difference right now of what this team has. This team has play has players, you know, when, when, Lewis Morgan was not even supposed to be, I don't think, a big-time player for Red Bulls. It's just he is playing at such a high level, and that's just – when you look at this team, they still have – they're still good players on this team. I would reckon there are still at least three, four players that would still push for spots in other teams. The problem is is that there's just no connecting. And also I want to add, I think – we'll get to Chad Asimov, but but but, but to, to your point about the second goal, I think the second goal was still an incredible shot. I, I, I maybe have some complaints about the team as a whole sort of defensively on that play, not closing it down, um, not sort of playing pressuring on the attack. Uh, but that's just kind of a, a – you know, 99 times out of 100, I think that shot goes – maybe not that much, but certainly a, a fair amount of shot. That shot goes – way over it's even oddly hit it's just kind of like a half sort of shot that just kind of gains space i've never seen a shot normally you see shots like where the the foot is directly towards the goal this one is like up and the ball just kind of sails it looked kinda... to me like it hit a, a like a leg going through uh, that, mm-hmm. based on the way it spun i was like ah, <laughs> that's like the it's like the Dwayne de rosario super curve goal like or in the and all of like the crazy banana goals like they hit somebody that had to have something happen <laughs> Um, so then there's a line change over the course of Red Bulls. Obviously have the game in hand at that point. Uh, as in Flores plays 81 minutes, they're, they're at least getting time spent out of him. Like, like this is now like the, like the side of the road, picking up trash part of the contract. Like, <laughs> like we're paying you, buddy. You're going to have to stay out there in this three Oh game and, and suck. Uh, Ola Kamar gets a goal. Nice pass by Julian Gressel. Mm-hmm. Best, obviously, the best thing that happened so in the game. Uh, there wasn't a lot of other chances before that, but Ola Kamara. I want to make sure I get this. I want to make sure I get this stat from from Jason. But Ola Kamara is the most effective goal scorer for uh, for DC United this year, which is not saying a lot clearly uh, because of how bad the team is. But stepping out, uh, he says from Jason, stepping out to grill food. Hopefully, not to get some. I don't know why I'm telling you this part, but he was grilling <laughs> food. DC United's XG and XA leader. Even controlled on a per minute ba- per minute basis is Ola Kamara at 0.65. He's DC United's only player in the top 30 in MLS. Taxi Funtas is second at 0.61. So Taxi's going to surpass him, but right now Ola is our most productive player. Well, and, he, and the last thing I want to say on this is, and this is true, and I want to hear what people think in the comments too. The dichotomy of Kamara's constant production for DC United versus how fans perceive him is, in his opinion, probably the strangest relationship fans have had to a player in DC United history. I would agree with that. 100%. I think that's. I think that's true. <laughs> yeah, it's. Yeah, I, there are a lot of people out there that just. I, I, I don't know what it is. Everybody just. My, my biggest thing with um with people and how they perceive Ola Kamara is that everybody just assumes he oh he should be scoring more he should be scoring more. And I'm like, that might be true to a certain extent, but you watch many players other than sort of the best players in the world, and they still miss chances. Like, they miss, you know, high-quality chances. They, they you know, miss – even watch um, Chicharito out there for L.A. He'll miss chances occasionally. But the fact of the matter is that he puts himself in those positions, and 75% of the time he gets a high-quality chance he's going to bury it is something that you need in a team. And right now – Certainly, like I, I think Estrada has looked good when Taxi Funtas has been out there, but when ta- when Taxi's not out there, Estrada is a nobody. 
not able to create chances, not able to really generate anything. Dribbles the ball uh, Kam- out of bounds numerous yeah. times. <laughs> K- Kamara is the one guy out there who is actually like moving, finding space, finding opportunities. That chance comes from him, you know, making a run, showing, finding the space, getting into the space, and just hitting a one-time finish. And that's not something we've seen from Estrada. So for right now, like Kamara is the number one right, right now, in my opinion, number one striker. Um, yep. Oh, for sure. You know, for, should for be sure. starting games, but Ashley and, just and, conti- and he's gone next year. <laughs> so, so there's that too. <laughs> keep that in mind. He will be leaving. So uh-huh. that's that. Uh, he just keep in mind, just from like a he should be scoring more thing. Uh, he his transfer fee was two and a half million. So he, as long as he's doing two and a half times better than what Nigel Bertha is doing, which he's doing many times more than that, mm-hmm. you can't you can't be, you can't complain. Also, his goals last year. DC United has gotten their money's worth out of this player. He's frustrating, right? He's frustrating at times because the ones he misses, he should make sometimes. Uh, and, you know, certain things that may have occurred this year that may have resulted in a, a loss against Austin FC. Who who can say? Uh, but, you know, like like Jason said, the, the numbers are the numbers. And at some point, you got to get over your sort of gut feeling about a player and, and see to the fact that he's actually it, on a bad team producing yeah, it's really, it's really bizarre. And you talk a lot about, you talk a lot about sort of, we can now call this like, we have seen enough games, I guess, to try to get at least a sense of what Ashton is trying to do here. We, you know, we're, what, five, six, seven games into his into his tenure. Yep. And there, there are a lot of things that, that he is doing that are very concerning to me, not just, and honestly, you know, we talk about, we talk about, you know, where we were a couple weeks ago with the Open Cup game. He says... We're, you know, punting the Open Cup because we want to focus on the regular season. Yeah. Well, that's been an abject failure. And let abject me you, Let me failure. tell you how abject of a failure it is. I have the number here in front of me. Uh, since that point, uh, that was, I don't remember how many weeks ago that was. But since that point, DC United has taken two points, 0-2-2, with a negative five goal differential. Uh, so we were, t- we were sort of sold, we were sold a bill of goods about the reasoning for punting on that on that game, and that don't worry, we've got we've got games that we need to get some points in, and it's just nope. not happened. And uh, well, let's just finish this game up. The only funny thing here that happened: Tony Alfaro running. This is an error of effort, I think. He was running back towards the goal to try to be there where the ball was in the box. Uh, unfortunately, it hits off the crossbar and runs into his leg, and then they score a fourth goal, and that was that. And people were very mad at him about that. It was he had a bad game overall. That that own goal was irrelevant in all ways. But uh, yeah, and Kamarni Smith, Kamarni Smith keeps getting action on DC United. Yeah, that's I, also happened. Well, let's and let's talk about because I, I I was kind of going there with my point. Something else I've noticed is you know we saw right right up until and this is not me saying that I do not think DC did make the right decision based on all the information we know yep. for terminating or non but at the very least. Hernan Lasada was giving guys like Jackson Hopkins minutes. Not so much Ted Cudi Pietro, but I think he was at least making some appearances. He was in 18s. Yeah, he was in 18s. He was he was at least I think he was in the 18 in this game. He just didn't make a substitute appearance. Yep. But we were seeing guys get opportunities, and there was very much what what I found, what I think what would fans if you're talking about me, what if you're talking about um would you talk about like like fan perception of player skill levels? 
versus what the coach sees. And sometimes you have coaches where you have fan like, you know, you talk about Greg Berhalter with the national. There's some fans out there that will scream at Greg Berhalter over every single player evaluation decision because there's just such a difference in how, you know, he he, he perceives players versus who plays. I would say maybe other than Drew Skundrich, like Lasada seemed to have sort of a a like for like sort of like evaluation of the talent that he had versus what the fans perceived as the talent. Mm-hmm. Yep. We are seeing something completely like, and we saw him say, look, you know, basically make a judgment call. Say, look, you're not playing well. I'm gonna give some of these younger guys like Jackson Hopkins an opportunity. We're seeing a complete reversal of that. Now I will say Edison Flores has had some improved moments as he's gotten games and more opportunities. It's been nowhere stellar, nowhere where you would expect it. And this game was equally terrible. This is a game where you have to look to him and say, Edison, you need to take this game over. We don't have taxi here. You need to be the guy. You need to be the guy making the plays. And he's just incapable of doing it. The attack was absolutely lifeless, mm-hmm. absolutely lifeless with him out there with with no taxi. Expected and, assist 0.01. <laughs> Yeah, it's one awful. For, it's one terrible. For six, one for six on ground duels. Uh, four, yeah, just you know, nothing. Just a, just a big fat nothing as far as on the stat sheet. Yeah, and and this is, this is this is really. But we're seeing Chad Ashton throw him out there, give him minutes instead of looking to other. I don't know if this changes as we get. If this if this playoffs if this playoff situation really does start to slip away. As it as it already is, I would say it's not it completely feels. gone. It feels that way, but there's still so much soccer left that anything can happen. Yeah. But yeah. if it if it stays on trend, like if we go the way we're going, then I think, oh yeah, you could you could say it's it's curtains, but it's it, but but they've got games to figure, turn it around. Yeah, at this point, at this point, like I mean, this team doesn't. It, it really feels like this. It's just. It's a it's a runaway chain careening off the edge. The team is basically abandoning, in my opinion, abandoning the press. There is very little, if any, press out there. This team is not. This team create the reason they cre- how they created their goals last season was pr- constant pressure and dispossession, sort of t- turning a dispossession, working it really quickly down the field and getting an opportunity and scoring. Yeah. That was when you saw this team play at their best. You are not seeing that right now. I don't know if that's a direction from Chad about how they want to change. It's actually gone back to what. Was, I will admit, a somewhat successful time with Ben Olsen where it was sort of a half press. It's like a not a full press. They're going to kind of pressure the ball in the middle, try to turn it over, and then transition. But it's not the full press we're seeing. Um, I really don't know like what the direction of this team is. This team, We were told, no, we like the press. We're going to keep the press. We're not going to change anything. It's changed. It's completely different from what we saw beginning of the season, from what we saw last season. Totally different style formation. I don't know if it's mentality. I don't know if it's how Chad's approaching team talks. This team is just coming out flat in games, and they are not defensively good enough to hold back on opportunities because they they've given up the most set piece goals. I mean, right now it's just looking like an abject, absolute mess. Right. We've got some people in the chat. SMC Ultra saying they're trying to. He thinks they're trying to juice. Uh, Edison Flores' value by playing him this much. They've got player options on him. I don't imagine they're going to pick one up to try to sell him. There's not... I think the market for him is just so poor, and the more he plays right now, the worse it gets. I think that he's going to go play well for Peru probably in this international break, as he normally does, and come back here and be, be a 6 out of 10 every week. Um, and then also Jack9265 says Ashton doesn't have the guts to bench him. I think it's... I think, uh, I think Hernan Lozada was playing Jackson Hopkins... Both because he wanted to, and also sort of as a middle finger uh, to the front office. I think basically he was making those youth-oriented decisions 
to be like, this is who I got. Like the guys you bought suck, and this is who I got. And at least he's gonna run around and try hard. And that was his match that he had him. Sort of uh, Ernan's last match was Jackson Hopkins' first match, I believe, where he started. Um, I don't know. I, I don't think it matters in the in the long in the long well, term. This game, and I want to make sure we get to we got we got very limited time. To, we got a bunch of questions from the from the listeners. I want to make sure we get to them. But uh, it, it's yeah. just it was well, just going back to the most infuriating part is that we we saw this team. When they instituted Lasada and they gave guys like Kevin Predis minutes, like they, like I don't know under if Chad Aston was the coach, I have a, just this sinking feeling that Joseph Mora would have still been out there running around as opposed to Kevin Predis. Maybe I'm wrong, but I mean Kevin Predis gave him minutes and it was not perfect to start 2021. It took a minute and then eventually he sort of kept off, and I'm just more angry <laughs> that it seems like we've kind of gone back to this sort of Benel scenario where we had young players on the field who were not really given opportunities and were not really given minutes. I almost wonder, like we haven't really seen Jackson Hopkins since the open cup game. Like it did. Is that game really what we're going to like bench him for or sit him down and not play He's him? Playing for I don't know. And, and not well, apparently, but who is? Uh, yeah. No. <laughs> so yeah. let's get to the questions here. Yeah. I think all in all we can say on this game and also the season so far, uh, is is disappointing and somewhat infuriating, and there has to be at the end of this two week break some sort of I would I would like I don't know I'm, I'm sure you would like to some sort of like comment about what what's the plan here where we're going what what we need to improve on what we have to focus on if, if it's not just like hey we're gonna spend these two weeks off getting right practicing hard and and I'm roll out there in uh, in two weeks after we play these two note friendlies that will have seven people in the stands unless like I said before Ted and I were talking. Maybe there, 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 there is a silent majority of, and there, and there are <laughs> of Central American League soccer fans. But uh, <laughs> anyway, let's make sure we get to these questions. Um, all right, so they're yeah. all they're all going to be sort of in the same vein. So we'll stay in the same sort of depressing land. Uh, at DC Ulysses says, "What possible justification is there for sticking with Ashton? They claim when they fired Lasada, they believe this is a playoff caliber team. They're competing for the wooden spoon." Okay, so Angus Young talked about this in the Discord, I believe. Due to sort of the way that MLS wants the inter- interview process to go and sort of like the requirements for uh, people that you need to talk to, different groups of people that you need to talk to, it makes it makes it a lot easier to find somebody that you want at a different point. There was no plan B ready, I think. Yeah. So if you get rid of him now, you're down to Frutos to coach the rest of the season. Okay. You could do that, I guess. Um, then you got to get another assistant coach. You're just like going down the line. Uh, firing two coaches, firing an interim coach this soon after the main coach screams like complete dumpster fire to any potential coach that's going to come here and work for this team. And also like something is seriously wrong with these players if if nobody can get a if nobody can get a performance out of them. So Ted, right? There's nothing. I mean, you got to yeah. stick with them because where else are you going to go right now? It, you've already made one firing. You do this, and I mean, what does it what does it look like to anyone you're trying to hire? Yep. That. You fire the interim coach when things don't go well. It's like you've turned from an organization that gives coaches, some people would say, way too much time to a hot button trigger organization. At this point, Ashton's here till the end of the season. I think right now, I I hope at least, if he is hired at this point right now, I think this might like break 
<laughs> this might break everything if they give him the permanent position. Um, I, I don't see what you can you, you you I hope there is someone in the front office that is like this is I mean, honestly, he gets to the end of the season. Maybe if he pulls a miraculous turnaround, maybe we'll consider it. But this should really be barring that that this should be the hopefully the end of Chad Ashton as a head coach. I think Lucy um, Russian got the, the got the bad assignment to having to trot that line out. About yeah. the we like you know that we believe this is a playoff caliber team and sh- they're gonna say that there's yeah. no way they're gonna be like actually this team sucks and we fired Anon Lasada for ba- getting bad results but it really wasn't his fault because the team's bad and we didn't construct a good team around him and that's why he's gone <laughs> so she had to say it the problem is it's gonna like if you thought the at least we had fun line had a lot of mileage uh, this playoff caliber team is gonna have a lot of mileage if the second half of the season goes the way this one has so that's yeah you know prepare for Twitter. Um, Another Ashton-like question uh, from Mark Rickling. Ashton in the New York Rebel postgame presser says the team needs to acquire quality in the summer transfer window. Is saying this publicly a fireable offense as we're not in the playoff spots pushing for top positions in the league? Who's to blame? It's not a fireable offense. Um, no. It's not it's... quite the same as Hernan Lozada saying, uh, the field that you guys built is trash. Uh, all of these players are garbage. I asked for five players. I've gotten two. And this sucks. That's that's different. That's a little bit different than saying we need more. We that's saying he's saying we need additional quality players, not like our team is trash, right? And he's, I mean, he's right. I mean, I think that's a pretty obvious statement at this point that he's right. And I think that's the one thing I'm hoping for, just some sort of thing to change the narrative that there's some sort of, uh, you know, non Gareth Bale rumor that comes out about a player we're looking at, a designated player. The team has made that. That is the one sort of potential you know, bright spot that we might write into is that this team is looking to acquire somebody. Uh, they got to nail it though. And they got to nail it twice. And if you've watched MLS and you really track designated players, um, it's incredibly difficult to nail multiple designated players. Um, it's it teams, even teams that have all the resources in the world, like Atlanta, don't do it. Um, and, and that's, it's, it's very difficult to do. There's no guarantee. You could have the best scouts. You could, you could know you could be inside the brain of a player and know exactly what he thinks and how he acts and everything like that, you know. But you wouldn't see until he gets here. You have no idea. Taxi Fundas could have been just amount of a bust as as Edison Flores. It's yep. just working out right now because he's he, it works out well. So you just gotta hope that this team has identified players um, and that they're looking to bring it. Maybe it's a uh, you know maybe Joao Rojas comes back into the picture. Who knows? Who knows? Chase Jones saying, uh, having to watch and talk about these games seems like some kind of punishment, but listening to the <laughs> podcast is still entertainment. Chase, it is punishment. We are, we are, this is, we, Ted and I are in purgatory at this exact moment, and we're just sort of burning for our sins to get to a, a game that's actually fun to talk about. You remember, uh, you remember last year, like in July and August, like it was like looking, we were looking forward to watching DC United. For sure. Looking forward to this season, like looking forward. Yeah, we were upset, you know, a little bit. And it's just like, it's all, it's all just vanished. It's all vanished. Um, it do be it's, like it really has. <laughs> uh, Nathan Harpine on Twitter says, what players, I hate when these get these questions because we are not uh, scouts. <laughs> That's not really our brand. Uh, <laughs> no. What players do we need to bring in the, during the summer and who are we realistically able to bring in in addition to a third DP? So that. Gareth that, Bale, that, next question. Yeah. <laughs> That part, the part about in addition to a third DP. So for sure, they're going to get, for sure, they've got to get a second DP this summer mm-hmm. with the intention of hopefully getting a third DP when Edison Flores' contract is moved or de- downgraded or whatever, the, whatever that would be. Uh, 
what else do they need to bring in? I think we can just talk about like positionally. I'm not. We're not talking about players. Uh, Ola Kamara is gone next year, so I mean, Taxi Funtas could be your number nine. I don't know. He seems to like to play as a withdrawn four with in, in two. Um, he's I, certainly not a target man. Well, so here, here's he, go ahead. Well, here's a better question of the de- of a designated player. What positionally do you want out of that designated player? Do you want a pure striker? Or do you want more of a of a winger, um, a more of a, a wide a wide player, possibly playing Flores's position? Could you imagine? Where do you, where do you think they go? Could you imagine us instead signing like a a a ball hawking midfielder or a center back, like like a, <laughs> like, a, like a like a defense organizing center back? That would be extremely that would be extremely a uh, bold move by Lucy Rushton to go that direction. No one ever goes that direction. But, yeah, well, I mean, yeah, and and you know, we can talk about roster construction and and everything like that. I mean, it's probably going to be an attacking player. I think you have to at this mm-hmm. point. Um, and then you just got to, you know, you're, you're hopefully getting through some contracts with Steve Birnbaum. I mean, honestly, everyone on that defensive line is on the table, even Brendan Heinzeich, who we yep. just signed, I believe, to a contract. So, yep. uh, yeah, so I, I, we need help. We need help in all, uh, all of the places. I think Bill Hamid is starting to show his age. We've talked about that. He's mm-hmm. out of contract. Um, you're not going to sign a DP goalkeeper. I think you're right. I think I, it's going to be it's going to be it's going to be a forward. I don't think I, I think if there's somebody in the league, you're going to look at a defender, maybe bringing in some guy to challenge, maybe to be play a little bit of a support position. Um, I think goalkeeper, I think you're going to keep the same guys you got Romo and you're gonna, maybe Romo gets some more appearances, some more opportunities. Um, and then you're looking obviously at a DP attacker type player. I think the midfield stays the same. You don't really I think the midfield's kind of, in my opinion, that's the, the center midfield is sort of the least of my concerns at this point. Um, Jafal has been suitable. Um, I think he's got some, some bright talent. Moses Nyman hopefully comes back from injury. You've got Russell Canals. I, I think there is quality there. Canals has uh, hurt a lot. And I think Jafal does not, I think Jafal's talents are not best suited in a two defensive midfielder setup. I think he's better. I think he's better with some protection and not having to do that work, but yeah. Talent. We'll uh, next question. District United TV says, when would you like to see a new manager come in? <laughs> when the new manager comes, would you like to see Chad Ashton to remain as assistant coach or be fired as part of a all coaching out staff together? I do not want uh, time to time to move on. Time to close the door. Time to seal the gates and say, you know what, folks? We had a good run. We're gonna go an entirely new direction. We're gonna reboot. We're gonna reboot. This is this is a roster oh. rebuild. This is a, this is a brain trust rebuild. Uh, but as for when you want to see him come in uh, at in the off season. Yeah. Off season. I, I think you wait, you, you just, you wait, bring him in and let him. Bring and I, I mean, and, and, and unless you find a guy, unless you find a guy that you really love, you interview him, you're able to go through. But I think at this point you just, you just deal with what you have. You look in the off season for a new coach. This is my favorite question that we got. And this is from Don SMC ultra. Are these last few games an indictment on Lasada's tactics that Chad has chosen to keep? What does Chad need to change tactically? Because we know he's not losing his job. I think that's a very interesting question, right? You called out that you think the pressing is gone, that that has been turned off, that spigot has been closed, and that's where a lot of the offensive chances came under Lozada. So that's the thing he has changed. The thing he hasn't changed is the formation. The challenge yep. there is the injuries that are here tell you that we probably should change the formation. We probably should think about maybe maybe sort of going a different direction. But that he stayed, that he is like gripped on with both hands and, and is not willing to change. So... I thought that was int- I thought that was an interesting question to sort of look at it, saying that maybe tactically we need to throw the pieces around a little bit 
understanding that help is not coming for a while, so this is what you got. And you got some injured players coming back, but this is it. Yeah, I I, I never really understood. I mean, the, the signing of Taxi Funtas. Taxi Funtas plays as sort of a withdrawn striker. So he's given a lot of freedom in there, but he basically plays... This team did shift this year. They were very much, you know, Areola and uh, it was basically, you know, Perez scored, and Russell. Who has scored in five consecutive games. By oh, my way. goodness, yes. <laughs> yeah. He is playing mad, and it is oh, it's, good for him. It's And you got Lucy. You got so many former, you know, we talk about former goalkeepers that are DC goalkeepers that are that are showing well. Uh, we, we got former attackers in Paul Areola and Luciano Acosta that and are Junior absolutely Marino. just. And, and Junior Moreno goals this year <laughs> are just lighting it up for 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 D, for other teams at this point, and it's it's becoming it really is just it's depressing. It sort of adds to the depression of like what this team had and and who they who they've lost. Um, I I'll be honest. Um, I'll be honest. Like formationally, this team is kind of even if with injuries, this team's kind of set. You've got you know Brad Smith who you brought in. He's a wing back. So you have the you know sort of the free roaming wing back. You've got you know Julian Gressel. I mean, maybe you move him higher up the field in like a you know a four three three. Maybe maybe you need to shift some things up. I, I'm just like I, other than just going to like a base, like going back to like the four two three one, and maybe like Funtas plays as sort of a shadow striker. I, I really don't know. Like this team is really just designed to play the three four three, and I just don't know how you how you shift from that. And it's at this point with how this team's constructed. I don't know. I, I literally do not know. I wonder what you lose with Brad Smith and doing Gressel in a 4-4-2, a flat 4-4-2, where they play further away from goal. Probably a lot, right? Yeah. Gressel, Gressel is, for better well, or worse, is the spigot from the outside. And Brad Smith, depending on the game, is also. So without those players doing that, this team will not generate offense because they don't have game breakers at the front that can dribble through players. They don't have a... You know, Lucho ain't walking through that door. Um, and then... <laughs> the, the the only ones which I can see is Andy Nahar gets healthy and then Andy Nahar slots in for Brad Smith. That might, like, yield some positive results. They played him out left, I believe, at, for a brief moment because um, I do think the – I do think the uh, MC Ultra drop in here in the chat, a four four two pressing diamond. I just – I yeah, maybe, but then who do you – I guess you play Flores in that center – attacking midfielder role then you've got who do you have like who would you play would you play Gressel and Smith in those two wide positions that doesn't seem like it would work and then you've got four defenders you got to figure out how to juggle around and it, honestly this the, the team right now is just so I, I think there's going to be a change in how this team plays and in, in coming up with the new manager with whoever it is um I just yeah, I, I, yeah. This team is just so constricted right now in how they can build. I'm not sure how you you move it around. They played. They they were and they're so short. I think maybe where you see a death position is possibly in that wing back role, because right now they've got Julian Gressel, Brad Smith, and that's it. They had to shift uh, Chris Durkin into that left role and Kamari I mean, Smith, think, also left yeah. wing back on occasion apparently. Yeah, yeah. I mean, why not? Why not try Ted to Pietro? Why, why not, not try just Jackson up somebody else out there, please. Uh, last question. I think this is more of a philosophical. Well, no, there's two questions. I'm sorry. Uh, this is from Frank, uh, taxi enjoyer, Frank Latank. Uh, what do you think our biggest issue is right now? We have not performed like a playoff caliber team. What is our biggest issue right now? Defensive. Not, 
That's defensive. Yeah, I think that's. I think I, and 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 for lack of taxi, we're also not generating as many chances as we were previous year with similar with a similar roster. Yeah, it's shifted from it, before. It was the system very much generating the chances and creating the opportunities to now one guy that generates those chances and I mean that's a huge issue. I think that's more related to you have a lot of your roster spend up there. You have one designated player that's awful and you are then have zero designated players filling that role. So I think that one is that one in my opinion can be corrected if you hit this summer on a on a on a signing. If you hit this summer on on a signing, whether it's Gareth Bale or whether it's somebody else if he comes in and plays well, um then I think you can you can very easily correct course there and start generating more chances. Um, uh, speaking of the speaking of Gareth Bale, I think related to that, uh, the the Sturman dra- drang about the Ted, uh, what's his name, from uh, from I can't remember his name. Ted Lasso, Ted Lasso night. Everyone getting mad about that. Uh, Gareth Bale feeling likely to be signed. <laughs> like I I think if if there's, if there's a concern, like how do I sell tickets to this, like. Gareth Bell just became a little bit more interesting as a butts and seat maneuver for a team that is sliding the wrong direction uh, in the standings. So Gareth Bell maybe get uh, another plus one in probability to get signed. Last question for the show, and uh, there's a there's a stats related to this, so it's helpful because I would have just had to guess. Uh, why is our t- this is from Alberto DC United? Why is our team defending on set pieces been so horrible? And I was like, is it? It is. We're the worst team in MLS at defending on set bases. We've given up 10 goals. Uh, Quakes, 9. Atlanta United, 7. Montreal, 7. And then 5 other teams at 6. Why are we bad at defending on set pieces? Um, well, we're not very good defensively right now. So that's part of it. And also, historically, this team has struggled on set pieces. I think both yeah. both in scoring them and in defending them. This has always been the area where multiple coaches have been like, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> we're working on it. And they never have an answer. The is it height? Is it the system? Are it, they pl- should they go to zonal marking? I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know if it's. I don't know if it's. It could be. I mean, it could honestly be bad. Like, I don't know if it's anything. I when I watch their set pieces, there's a lot of losing marks that goes on. So that's you know, um, that you, you have to either drill that or train that. Um, I don't know if they can work on that. That should be like maybe a focus point for the next two weeks. Uh, there's also, I, I think they, like I said, like I've talked about, I think they've been their best when Bill Hamid has been fearless is sort of coming out, coming out of the box and making plays. And he's not doing that right now. I think that in my mind is, is one of the major things that for me is saying as the reasoning as to why this team is, um, is not doing well, uh, defensively on set pieces yeah bill Hamid um, just to save this team's bacon right yeah that was that yeah. was his, that was the value proposition and now, you know you look go ahead no now he's mortal now he's yeah and and sub what some more sub mortal basically right now with a uh, uh if you look at his sort of performances in the last seven or eight games you know a couple of exceptions aside he's just it's not and good. and you know this also comes down to defensive leadership and organization and if there is one thing as solid as steve birnbaum has been for this team, when he has been paired with somebody who is a Briant. sort of that that Briant Boswell, Boswell, yep, that's when he plays well. When he suddenly has to assume that role, 
is sort of the defensive organizer, the guy who's going to, you know, lead this team defensively. Uh, he struggles and it looks it looks very mortal. I don't know. Like, I, I'm not sure, like, what DC's contract situation is. I think we I think you will see this team clear house defensively this season. I don't think Bill's coming back. If he is, he's going to come on a greatly reduced salary. And he won't I think this that. team has some massive issues with. I mean, we, we, we didn't even break down the salaries for D.C. players. But right now, you know, you look at guys that are making a lot of money right now. You look at Steve uh, Brilliant. Sorry, Steve Birnbaum. You look at uh, Bill Hamid. And you look at, uh, I don't know what Heinzeich's salary is, but it's probably, you know, probably pretty comparable. He may, he, he will probably be here next year. Um, In the 300s, that, I believe, around what Andy Nahar is making. Yeah, and, and you look at uh, Andy Nahar, who's also oft injured. And he certainly deserved his raise, but he's off injured. So you need to figure out, you need to find some value in that salary. You need to find, so I think this team needs to go out and basically upgrade that team defensively and play better. Um, where's the next working. Where's the next Walker Zimmerman and MLS coming from? So to LAFC to, to Nashville, like where's that player that's, I mean, I'm, I'm not looking for you to identify him right now. I'm just saying like, <laughs> that's the player. That's the kind of player we mm-hmm. need. We need like a national team caliber center back. That's, yep. that's, I mean, you, you can build a team around that. And we have in the past, Burnbaum was that very briefly. You could call him national team, like, January camp adjacent, basically, and injuries have hurt him a lot, obviously. But this team has not really spent a lot of money on that position, Gressel ostensibly. But center back has been sort of neglected by this team when they when they build and spend money. Like I, I think if you look at this team and realize that the spine is weak, and if you're going to clear house, like figure out a way to spend money on that position with a young with a young promising center back or someone like a John, maybe a John Anthony Brooks who's a free agent. Maybe that's a player you look to. Like he, he'd yeah. be fine. He would. He would. He would. You know. Oh, he would. Yes. Defense. I would. I would. I would. I would. I think that's that's a, that's a position. If you can figure out some gam, um, if you have some gam lying around, and you can make that a gam level contract that would suit him, you don't have to pay the transfer fee. He's a free agent, so you'd have to pay him a salary. That would be a position I would be. I would be interested in seeking out. All right. That's not- a, RFK Refugees exclusive hashtag <laughs> John Anthony Brooks to DC United. We'll see. We'll but yeah, see. Um, I think that's going to do it for this episode of United 96. Obviously, the team is going on a break. Uh, so look forward to our absolutely you know, impactful analysis of the Capital Cup. Uh, mm. Yeah, we're going to we're going to break down every every second of that action. I we'll look see, forward folks. to the, the <laughs> nine loud United players that will be playing. Starting line. <laughs> uh, yeah. All right, folks, I think that's going to do it. We'll catch you guys uh we're not sure. We, I'm not. We're not. We're going to talk after the show about what our thing is, but we'll, we'll see. We'll catch you, soon. you eventually. Yes, <laughs> vamos, vamos. <laughs>